Welcome, citizen, to the Watchtower. My name is Gary. And my name is Ben, and we'll be your guides as you peruse the archives of the world's greatest superhero group, the Justice League. And we hope that you'll join us on today's adventure. Welcome to episode 32, Only in a Dream, part two. Only a dream. Oh, <laughs> only in my dreams is a, a Debbie Gibson song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, only a dream, part two. I'm leaving all that in. That's great, uh, because we're uh, we're starting in a Twilight Zone episode. Uh, we're, we're in the mindscapes of the Justice League, where several of them face their greatest fears. While Jean confronts them to battle their inner demons with the power of friendship, Batman battles insomnia and tracks down Dr. Destiny. The mission culminates with Batman countering Destiny's mind powers by humming commercial jingles, and leaves yet another villain lobotomized in the aftermath. Oh boy! It's a it's a dream fight episode. I love these. They do. It's them, wild. They, like every good superhero, every good superhero story, and every good superhero team, they have to have a episode where they fight their dreams. Mm-hmm. They have a really good one in uh, Teen Titans, and they have mm. a good one here. Yes, and I mean, you know, straight away, Flash is sitting there watching himself on television with a group of children. The group of children I found a little strange, but. <laughs> um but i mean it's it's kind of cool obviously he's got his ego so he's he's watching his own action play out on screen which i think is a fun little detail Uh, i love the fact that his uh characterization on tv is super buff yeah super buff and (laughs) super smarmy yeah and if that's how he sees himself in his mind everything makes sense it's good. It's it, and I think it's also the right moment for levity. You know, we we, yeah. we have a lot of difficulties sometimes with the Flash centric episodes because uh, they don't really know how to juggle levity and the serious nature of the show. Like, all, consider right. all the Gorilla City antics, for example. Yeah. But I think this is the right moment for it. We we started on a real tense moment yesterday or, or mm-hmm. last last time uh, la- uh, in the first part of the arc. Yeah. So we know that things are not well, mm-hmm. but uh, this is a new episode. So if you're just coming into it and don't remember where we left off, this is like, oh yeah, things are fine. Things are fine. Oh my god, what's going on? Like right. it, it get, gets kind of crazy in a in a in a in a real quick way. Mm-hmm. So the space where we are is we know things are weird, but we don't yet know how. So we we have like a question mark in the place where the stakes normally go. Which lets some of that comedy kind of shine through, I think. Yes. Uh, You know, what's weird is that this whole arc is, the villain is probably the darkest villain we've ever gotten. But Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of lightheartedness to this whole arc, and that's one thing that I find very interesting. It's playful. It is. playful. Definitely. Uh, I I can't let this slide by the fact that Flash runs out of a building with Flash HQ written on it. Oh, yeah. Nice. (laughs) I laughed out loud at that one. That's pretty good. Like, do you think that's like an in joke? Because Flash doesn't really have his own cave, probably, or anything. Like, he's just making it up. It's like clearly well, he doesn't have a home. Batman has the Batcave. I've got Flash headquarters. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like something that he like, uh, like blurt out it during a date when he was caught. <laughs> like, right. call it a question he wasn't expecting. <laughs> Flash headquarters. Yeah, I mean, with all the children, it could have been Neverland Ranch, honestly, but it was... <laughs> oh. <laughs> too I, I, soon? I don't yeah, know. No, no, it's not too soon. It's just like, 
<laughs> it's Oof. the perfect amount of time. Uh, Thankfully, <laughs> we have a wide and storied history of Flash hitting on women of consenting yes. age. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that is thankfully not a road we have to go down too hard. <laughs> uh, they do reference Flash's nightmare of being too fast and not being able to slow down, which is, I think, like a reoccurring motif yeah. of his. Yeah, we saw that in Gorilla City. Yeah, and and like it pretty soon we also see Superman's dream, which is all about him not being able to turn his powers off. Oh, and something that's interesting when we like, and, and it it comes back with GL's dream as well, and we can kind of break into each of them as to why this is uh, so resonant. But mm-hmm. remember, the theme of this whole episode is Doctor Destiny is a normal person with delusions of grandeur. These yep. are extra normal people. Whom cannot shake their heightened status, their their elevated personalities. They can't be regular people. Delusions of normalcy. De, de, delusions of normalcy, right? So their greatest fears is not being too normal. Their their yeah. greatest fear is that they can't have a normal life. Oh, and and it's especially cool with Green Lantern's case because we also had that metamorpho arc where he right. talks about the path not traveled. And he's like, I could have had a normal life. I could have had, you know, monetary success and this loving wife or girlfriend or fiance or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I chose a different path. And this this fear of only being the superhero and not the normal person behind the superhero is, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so perfect. Yes. You know, it, it, it totally makes sense to me that this is the direction they went. And I just... I don't know, man. I loved it. I, I loved it, too. Um, I mean, in addition to getting a peek behind the curtains of what these heroes feel, we also get to see a lot of Easter eggs that we've been waiting for. <laughs> you mean Jimmy Olsen? <laughs> I figured you would be excited. But is he your character highlight? I know. I am so excited that the first appearance of Jimmy Olsen features him being crushed to death. But... <laughs> But yeah, it it we also get to see Lois Lane and uh, his. I mean, like we we know he lives in a bachelor pad. This is before they shack up, if yep. indeed that happens at some point. So they are on dating terms. But it, it, one of his fears manifests as him having you know Cyclops powers, him heat visioning and not being able to turn it off, right. and Lois Lane finding out. So this yeah. is firmly before Lois knows his secret identity. Hmm. Yeah. A great little, uh, Clark, your menu's on fire. (laughs) Must be the candles. Very casual, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, uh, big fan of what they did with that. We get to see Green Lantern, you know, cowering in fear of of his powers, essentially, as he's basically dressed like Blade. (laughs) (laughs) We'll stop referencing it if they stop doing it, you know? (laughs) It's their fault now. It's their fault Mm -hmm. at this point. I hold no responsibility. <laughs> but it's, you know, Destiny trying to convince him that he's nothing without the ring. And I don't know, man. Like, it's it's hard not to. Un- I, I understand that point of view. Like, that that's the thing that always happens with uh, Jon Stewart in these stories. Is like, what happens when he doesn't have his ring? Mm-hmm. He is sharply limited in what he can do. But he, uh, you know, it's it's an inadequacy that he's overcome before, but maybe yeah. not completely. Like, we had that oh, yeah. part with the the World War II flashback uh, mm-hmm. time travel thing where he still is able to, he's still a fucking Marine uh, without his ring. That's not right. nothing, as it turns out. Yeah. But, yeah, the, 
the inadequacy, the feelings of inadequacy are probably still there, you know? Oh, yeah. No doubt. I mean, they don't go away. I I can imagine a person having imposter syndrome about their superpowers if they come from gadgets. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and it's nice. Like we've, we've, we've been humbled by Jon Stewart before we, 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 we've seen his fear, Mm -hmm. but it is really kind of interesting seeing more to that, like digging deeper into these superheroes, what makes them tick, what makes them panic, what makes them be who they are and the constant everyday struggle that they go through. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And it's not something that only happens once. Yeah. Um, Superman has the world of cardboard speech uh, in Justice League Unlimited, which is like, you know, he's too afraid to use his full power because he doesn't want to break the world around him. Right. We have the whole metamorpho road not traveled thing with Green Lantern. Like, these are recurring themes. This is what Mm -hmm. makes these characters human, is that they have tangible fears tied to their superpowers in some way. And this guy is just uniquely positioned to needle them in just the right way because he knows where they're coming from. Like he, he, he perfectly understands the psychology of a person whose value is ultimately defined by this extraordinary thing they can do. And what happens to a person who relies on that, they become fragile. You know, it's Mm -hmm. the, it's the curse of not being a well-rounded individual. If you break that one thing, uh, everything else about them falls apart. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, DC does, they, they do such good writing uh, in the cartoons. I just wish that they could get the rest of their <laughs> ducks in order, but yeah, I don't know what it is. Just hire the, hire the writers from teen Titans for crying out loud. Sure. Yeah. Have them do um, the movies. So, so during all these sequences, there's lots of, images in the background that like I wanted to pause and and freeze frame on but I didn't have the time to do that uh there's a lot of numerical codes and things that are just kind of like uh the building that Flash is standing by there's a bunch of numbers like oh really probably like eight numbers and I have to assume that it's coded somehow oh I didn't it wasn't just like boobs upside down on a calculator or something like Flash's (laughs) subconscious would probably be (laughs) It should have been five eight zero zero eight, but no. And and in GL's world, like there was numbers that were flipped upside down and stuff. And I, it seems like something that's really cool to look into, but I never will. I didn't notice it at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's just, some Gravity Falls shit right there. Right. Yeah. There needs to be some sort of cipher. Yeah, I like the idea that these because once we realize that they're dream rules which is pretty it's got it happens pretty quick because of uh yeah. where we're and where we enter with the flash once we realize that it's dream rules uh that should be licensed for the animators to play so mm-hmm. like if we have you know if we had like an image of superman during his late with Do- lois lane suddenly lex luther shows up as the waiter and criticizes him for not wearing pants on the day of the test and now he's in a classroom something like that like i w- would i would you know, I would love it for for that oh, yeah. to be what's going on with Superman. That 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 unfortunately got cut for time. It's it's a shame what they decided not <laughs> that to that exact time scene. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I guess I didn't really notice the numbers. Uh, yeah, that that's a that's a good detail. Uh, I, yeah. I wish I could have looked into that. But and then and and if you just want to go back and freeze frame that, like where 
GL is like standing kind of like it's a black background and there's a bunch of posters and stuff all around him. Mm. And I feel like there's probably some hidden stuff in there too, but I just, I didn't have the time to really, you know, dive deep into it. Man. Yeah. I, I missed opportunity from us. So sorry about that guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, we do, we do the best we can. It's not, I, there's probably a wiki page that you guys can go to and get off our case. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but well, well, one, one hopes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we also see Hawkgirl's dream. Right, yeah. Which is, uh, I, I mentioned last week, there's a lot of clamp activity in this episode. Mm. And Hawkgirl's wings get clamped in a scene that's, like, both uh, uncomfortable and humorous to me. <laughs> uh, they just put a clamp around her wings and she can't do anything. That's it. Uh, and then And then they push her into a casket and she's covered in dirt, and it's definitely not funny at that point. Yeah, so, uh, I, I think this happened in the first episode that her uh, fear of small spaces, um, yes, her claustrophobia was uh, was mentioned or at least nodded to. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how that. Like, I'm trying to think of it in the metaphysical space. What does that signify about her fears? Um, yeah, and it. You know, I I kind of see her as being maybe afraid of commitment with, you know, her feelings toward Green Lantern. You know, yes. she doesn't want to admit her feelings there she uh maybe is trying not to care too deeply about earth because she still is trying to get back to her home planet Mm -hmm. something to that effect something like where she always feels kind of like she's an out-of-towner who's just staying for the weekend something something that is not letting her feel like she's free to move around i can see being pretty paralyzing well i think i think also on a much more literal basis like a bird's got to be free to fly i mean that, I think that, that is also true you know don't don't pin her wings down mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah that, that those are the four members of the team that are uh that are asleep uh mm-hmm. and and under this influence who is the odd man out because uh, we have batman and john jones are awake wonder woman she's just not in this she's just not in this arc at all they don't sleep they meditate <laughs> to re- recharge their spell slots, so she is uh, out of danger. Um, right. And there, there's a brief little throwaway moment at the beginning of the last episode where Flash is talking to Martian Manhunter. He's not responding. Oh uh, yeah, I, I neglected to mention this. Um, and uh, so, anyways, it turns out he's sleeping. I was and taking a nap. Yeah, I was taking a nap, and I think that's a nice little thing. That at first I was like, oh, that's a funny moment, but I realized. In this one, I'm like, oh, that's why he's not tired. Yeah, he he doesn't. I I imagine he doesn't go on like Earth's circadian rhythms. Right? Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. It it. I mean, like it it highlights it. So it'd be weird for it not to be plot relevant. For it just just to be a gag in the very episode where people sleeping is a major plot thing. It, R- right. I feel like it could have been handled a little bit less flagrantly. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. Don't get me wrong. It just like. Is yeah. the idea that he was tired, be, like he knew ahead of time that there was going to be a disturbance in the forest, or does he just like sleep at odd hours? I, I don't know. <laughs> and why is this the first time that Flash is just experiencing John's, you know, uh, day sleeping? <laughs> right. Yeah. That there's a coincidence aspect to it. One yeah. point uh, in the first episode that was handled better was that um, Batman yawns while he's talking to a cop and he's like, sorry, it's my third night straight uh, with no sleep or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it like kind of happens in context to the scene as opposed to this little throwaway joke. I liked that. And initially I thought it was a, a, a weird moment 
um, before I realized that this was a sleep villain we were talking about. Yep. And uh, and once I figured it out, I was like, oh, Eureka. <laughs> uh, I want to mention something. When uh, So Jean and Batman are kind of taken taking the reins at this point. Yes. Jean uh, takes the reins by directly going into their dreams mm-hmm. uh, and trying to free the rest of the Justice League from Jean, John D's influence. So he, you know, he goes into Flash's dream, or no, he goes into Superman's dream, I think, first, and, like, convinces him it's not real. They go into Green Lanterns, they go to Flash. They try to go into Hawkgirl's dream, but are unable to get in. And I think that references the the idea that she has less trust in her character. Like she's oh. has has less of a willingness to let others in. Huh. I thought it was because John put her in that chamber on the watchtower. I thought that he couldn't get through the barrier that they were maybe trying to save her hmm. by using, but I don't know. I, I like your idea better. It it makes more sense with her character, with her personality. It, it really does, yeah. And she's yeah. not human, so she's got. Yeah, figuring her out is still something they're all doing. Their, their beta waves do something crazy during sleep <laughs> cycles. They, right. they don't even have that rapid eye movement. They've got like those extra eyelids or something. I don't know. But in any case, uh, while Jean is doing that, he uh, warns Batman. Remember, if you nod off for even a second, he'll have you. Mm-hmm. So it's like really effective, like setting up the tension for the next bit, where it's all Batman fighting against sleep. Like, yep. can he stay awake long enough in order to do the job that he's trying to do? Yes. And that's a weirdly relatable battle for a superhero to be fighting. It is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I say that as I'm yawning. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. It's, look at how relatable it is. It's it basically is. Crank with Jason Statham being playing the part of Batman. Oh, man. I just want to see Batman doing drugs and... Putting batteries on his nipples and shit. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that Batman mentions, or somebody mentions, that John D's wife died in her sleep, presumably yes. as a way to like heighten the stakes. Is like it's not just bad dreams; they will die if they are, you know, if they have just have nightmares happening to them nonstop for long enough. My dear friend, the most important person brought that up: Snapper Carr. Oh, it was Snapper Carr, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Snapper car. Um, yep. Yeah. They're allowed to kill people in the show? Apparently. This is the first time hearing about it. <laughs> you know, she was firmly in, she's in a bad time that isn't death territory that they sometimes put people in. Like, they put everyone in that allergy field, mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, they're in a real bad way, but if we don't get the cure um, that they did for Fury. Right. But they don't generally just say, no. You're going to die. Yeah, no, they don't. Um, in fact, it's usually pretty hard for them to use the word dead or kill. Yeah, um, the censors, in, again. In children's shows. Uh, I do recall, like, it was pretty explicit when the guy at the end of Fury died. The the old ship guy who brought... That was a Arisha. flashback, though. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, his eyes rolled into his head and he fell into the water. I mean, that was a pretty on-screen death. Sure, um, but he's a ship but... captain. That's like returning to the water. That's that's more that's of like true. a metaphysical resurrection in my point in my point of view. That's fair. That's fair. You got to read between the lines, Gary, <laughs> for 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 these maritime funerals. <laughs> I'll at you, boy. <laughs> Look, Aquaman would tell you what's up if he were here. Were he here today? 
I stand corrected. <laughs> you swim corrected. I swim corrected. In any case, yeah, we're. it's a little strange that they're saying she just straight up died. Yeah. Uh, not the least of which is because it's a woman, which a woman dying is, like, I think forbidden territory even further than just regular, just, just any person dying in these cartoons. Yeah. You know, she is blameless. She is an innocent. It's not as though she's a villain gorilla who's going to get lobotomized or something. Right. Uh, this is just a bystander. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and in a women and children first kind of way, the chivalry that Justice League sort of has sometimes, I'm, I'm just surprised that they let that happen. It I does. It does kind of go, coincide with the idea that this is a darker villain, though. It does. So. Yeah. The rest of this episode, it's all Batman, baby. It is. Just doing what he does. Yeah. Sleuthing about. Teaching uh, us the risks of driving while sleepy. Yes. Yeah. Um, Very dangerous. It is. But there's some great moments there, like... <laughs> like him uh, ordering a triple shot of espresso. <laughs> How dare you mention my favorite part of the episode early? <laughs> it's mine too, man. <laughs> Give me a triple now. Oh, the co- the comedy in that scene is great. I mean, it it, it divides the darkness as it needs it's to. It's so good, yeah. 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 And just like I mean, harkening back to the scene where Superman was drinking coffee in his car, like he's this is a real bean boy, you know. There's like a there's a there's a real coffee subculture for. For these superheroes, you know, with with the lattes that they they serve on the watchtower and everything, this is oh yeah a whole subculture up there, man. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, I I, I loved. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to talk about this because I mean, yeah, like he falls asleep while he's driving for a f- split second, and he's sees... so relatable. Like that kind of jerk yourself awake in a cold sweat. Like, oh Jesus, yeah, I, I... I should not be driving right now. I need to go pull over and get to quick fifteen. That happened to me uh, one time. Yeah, um, I did not see Doctor Destiny, but I, I did, <laughs> I did drive past my house. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like so, he sees Doctor Destiny for a split second, and then it turns out it's a truck that he sees. Um, and and there's just neat little visual things there. Um, yeah, in the rearview mirror, right? Like that's a yes. really good, uh, or not in the rearview, in like in the windshield. Uh, excuse me. Right. Right, and then a moment later, he crashes through some trash cans, and and this this was a problem for me. Mm. This is the Batmobile. These trash cans cracked the window. That shouldn't happen. <laughs> he they He's, didn't crack the. I I don't think they cracked the window. Didn't he smash the window to keep himself he, awake? He did after the trash cans cracked. Oh, it. okay, yeah. Like, Come on, Lucius Fox. What are you doing? He, he's getting shot at all the time. Come on, seriously. Um, but anyways, it's just a lot of cool moments with Batman and the Batmobile. <laughs> yeah, I, I really love this moment where he smashed the windshield to like keep himself awake to get like the breeze, you mm-hmm. know, going going into his face or whatever. And he like the pull puts a puts a commercial jingle on the radio to full volume, <laughs> and oh. just like the the stoic Batman expression while the jingle is playing is again with the comedy of this episode. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> Batman comedy is so much better than Flash comedy. It's just insane. It is. It is. And I think I think overall the writing is just better in this episode because even the Flash comedy was palatable for me this yeah, time around. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It, it like it showcased something true about the Flash, and it was at a moment that I could handle comedy. <clears throat> like it was just in, integrated better into the rest of the story. So yeah, yeah. Really so good. 
as this is happening, Superman, uh, I mean, Martian Manhunter's going into the dreams. He's freeing each one of them individually. Uh, there's a great line from Flash where uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but he's talking to De- Dr. Destiny, and he's like, I'll see you next time I eat jalapenos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty, that's not so bad. Yeah, it's not bad for Flash. Yeah. The the final standoff is really fun. Batman finds uh, Dr. Destiny in a LexCorp bathroom essentially uh because that's where dr destiny was arrested i thought that was a nice touch yeah that's really good it's and it's like good dramatic lighting for a slasher scene with the poor late poorly lit warehouse feel to it yeah for sure and it's got like this nice little slasher villain jump scare thing with the dr destiny thing like jumping at him with the syringe or whatever yeah like i didn't jump but i thought man that's great that's a great moment there's a lot of really good like horror cinematography elements to this uh, to this whole sequence. There are uh, this it's it's very moody. It's very uh, tra- transformative, and and uh, I was a part of it. And what I really like is is that it all ties back into the theme of what makes a man extraordinary, mm-hmm. and it uh, the the answer is you know the right stress is what right. makes a man extraordinary. So. John D was made extraordinary by, you know, kind of hitting his breaking point as a normal man. He couldn't hack it. Uh, right. So he he needed to ascend. Uh, and it's only after meeting Batman and kind of confronting him face to face and Batman keeping him out, you know, kind of proving himself more extraordinary that John D finally realizes his limitations and in doing so loses his own identity because he goes insane. Yeah. He loses his identity as Dr. Destiny. Yeah. So Ugh. it's just it's just kind of like a, a very nicely like well-spun little yarn between the two of them. It's like a clash of a clash of, you know, what makes a man extraordinary. Mhm. For Batman, it's that he never gives up. <laughs> that was a little bit. It's a little cheesy Batman, but 3 days without sleep, I'll give it to you. I like that he just he hums a shitty jingle to himself. I like to think that it's not that John D hears the jingle so much as Batman is so pissed off at this jingle that it, John D can't find any purchase that isn't frustration. <laughs> yeah. Very well executed. And then speaking of executions, essentially Batman goes to stop Dr. Destiny uh, mm-hmm. or to stop John D. John D's trying to inject him with a needle I think it's um, sedative, yeah. A sedative. <laughs> to make him sleep so that he can take control of him. But as it turns out, if you put Dr. Destiny to sleep, it, it kind of creates a feedback loop. And, uh, you know, yep. so your, your, program will, your program will freeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, lobotomizing you. <laughs> Which yeah. is uh, our second. Uh, put it on the board. This is our count is two. <laughs> I'm... I- I wonder if there will be more. Uh, two is probably too many for a kid's show. But... <laughs> the regularity of it is pretty striking. <laughs> and and uh, it is it is a nice little creepy sequence kind of leading out of the episode where he's just humming the jingle to himself. Yes. I, I, uh, I, I love Frere Jaca for the fans at home. That's right. And also, are you sleeping? Are you sleeping? So the tra- the, there's oh, a really? translation I, I don't know to that, that one. Yeah, it's it's one that I used to hear as a kid. I can't, I can't think of anything. Oh, dormez-vous. Or... That is that is dormez. Yeah, that is sleeping. Are you sleeping? Oh, okay. So I guess I just know I the assume. English version. Yeah, you know the English version of it. Yeah. 
That's me. I'm I'm a typical Yankee doodle. Oh man, I didn't realize that that whole thing was about sleep. We're dum dums. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's way better. <laughs> yeah, I mean they couldn't afford any copyrighted material, so I guess no, not. Uh, <laughs> no running down a dream or only in my dreams or uh, mm-hmm. dream lover. I'd love to see Batman humming Mariah Carey, but whatever. <laughs> oh man, or um, dream on is what I was thinking of. There dream we go. On. Oh yeah, yeah, that could work. Um, a lot of songs about dreams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, or they, I honestly, what if they, what if it just, what if uh, Batman went in and he's like, there's only one thing about me, they're like, uh, my superpower is I never give up. Do, 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 no, no, down, do, do, no, no, down, Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> little Sandman reference for you. I gotcha, yeah. Enter John D. Um, <laughs> I was wondering where you're going to go with that. I didn't know. I was figuring it out along the way. Yep. That's most of what I do on this podcast. <laughs> well, uh, let's let's round things out by talking about the character highlight, uh, yes. which is Doctor Destiny. I sure as hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we definitely had to do a deep dive on him, considering the arc was around this character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love the humble origins. You know, it goes along with that whole delusions of grandeur thing. He was a low level LexCorp employee. I'm not surprised that he, you know, had to turn to crime. I hear they pay their workers pretty poorly. Yep. No unions. Uh, and uh, he he was found guarding smuggled weapons in a company warehouse and was busted by the Dr- Justice League, which I guess informs why he hates them. Right. So uh, he was uh, arrested and sent to Strikers Island, where he now resides. Uh, and it volunteered for the test subject uh, of an experimental ESP machine. This uh, this this machine that he's in is called the Materiopticon. Kind of goes back to the whole Panopticon thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in the comics, the, this character also exists. He actually invents the Materiopticon. He's much more of a mad scientist figure. Hmm. I think in this incarnation, they wanted to play up the normal guy kind of thing, which I'm very glad they did. Agreed. We've had enough uh, mad scientists. Agreed. There's there are too many of them as it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, plus, I, I imagine that LexCorp would, you know, uh, horn it in on his territory, or or he'd probably just steal your ideas, right? <laughs> right. Um. Apparently, there's some crossover DNA with uh Neil Gaiman's Sandman. I don't know how this works exactly. I don't know if it was just like a love letter to Sandman, where he interacts in DC Comics with Dream. But apparently it happens. I don't know if he had Neil Gaiman's blessing. My guess is that Gaiman is a decent DC fan. So yeah, that doesn't seem outside the realm of possibility. It just kind of surprised me that there was apparently some sort of crossover. Uh, and speaking of crossovers, he also appears in an Arrowverse uh, crossover event called Elseworlds, where, uh, which, was, uh, which aired in 2018, and it switched Flash and Arrow's lives around. Hmm. Apparently by accident. Um, so, uh, in the comics, Dr. Destiny's power was so great that the Justice League resorted to drastic measures to stop him. They hypnotized him and manipulated his psyche to prevent him from dreaming. Hmm. This kept him from using the Materiopticon for criminal purposes, but caused him to lose his mind and shrivel to a skeletal wreck of a man. He was then sent to Arkham Asylum, where his sanity eroded further. So this guy... 
I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it happens with all kind of dream or mental villains, but it seems like the number one way to take them out is to make them go insane. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's 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 kind of his all his whole thing. Hmm. I like this character. I like him especially in the animated version. I think it's cooler than the mad scientist bit. Agreed. I I think they handled him with care in this from from beginning to end. I I thought that yeah. he was the best thing happening in this whole arc. And that's challenging because there was a lot of good stuff. There was a lot of good stuff. I I think the one thing that I would have done differently is maybe uh uh maybe underlining in the backstory that he has beef with the Justice League as as opposed to just kind of implying it. They right. uh they could have they could have mentioned it somewhere with like his conversations with either the guard or his wife or something. Right. Yeah. Would have been yeah. a little clearer. I agree, because, I mean, it seems like his beef should be with the police instead of Justice League. I mean, based on the Bat computer readout of why he, you know, got arrested. There's also that, yeah, there's also that LexCorp to prison pipeline that they uh, really need to crack down on some judges for their preferential treatment of LexCorp. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a travesty of the justice system in Metropolis. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so... Your 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 favorite moment is coffee Batman it's, and coffee shop. It's it's got to be Batman with his coffee fixation. I imagine yeah. that he's he's a he he strikes me as somebody who is both a connoisseur and someone who has a wide enough appreciation that he can just he can just maw down on some 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 grounds uh, from Starbucks. Like he he does like prefer to have the Colombian fine powder mix mm-hmm. that Alfred makes him in the in the slow roast. But I think that he's also a man of the people, you know? I think that he can appreciate coffee from Dunkin' Donuts if, you know, those late nights in the Batmobile. He's no animal. No, no, he's no animal. But he, he has an appreciation for the for the coffee that the masses drink. Of course. Yeah. He has to get into the mind of the criminal element. They're not yeah. going to French restaurants to get their, you know, lattes or whatever, which would be a weird way for a French restaurant to call coffee. <laughs> What with the Italian nomenclature there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he likes his coffee like he likes his nights. Black. Yeah. And and like he likes his women. Cat themed. <laughs> that didn't quite work out. Catthinated. Um... Catthinated. <laughs> oh, Gary. It's not very good, Gary. It's it's really not. Uh, I'm picking up where Flash dropped it this week. I still liked it, though, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully the listener does, too. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out to another moment that I thought was really cute, actually. Sure. Whenever we, we go to Smallville, uh, which is really nice, um, and Superman is hiding in his baby pod. Wait, pod. what's going on? Whenever Martian Manhunter goes to bring Superman out of his nightmare, oh, he's I, in the barn and he's in his baby pod curled up in a, in the fetal that's position. That's right. That's right. Oh my god, that's so good. Yeah, <laughs> he's like retreating to the safe, the, the only place of safety that can contain him. Oh, mm-hmm. and and it's the same thing as with John Stewart because it's um, he it the idea is you can't be normal. They right. don't. They won't. They won't accept you. And so, mm-hmm. for his place of belonging to only be the only remnant of Krypton. Oh, oh, it's all very good. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for pointing that out. I I, I let that go by, and I should not have. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a 
a, a very cute moment and also a little heartbreaking. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we're to overall thoughts now, right? Yeah, I, I like this arc a lot, Gary. I do too. I think it's pretty uh, cool. I, you know, th- there's there's a little rough around the edges, but I'm almost willing to say this is my favorite arc. No kidding, really. No kidding. I, I, I don't just... I don't have it quite that that high up. What is what is really driving that? Uh, what is really driving that for you? I don't know. I, I just I felt like a kid in a candy store the whole time. Like I was having the time of my life watching it. You know, just that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, knee slap. Well, yeah. Knee, knee. <laughs> It had it had uh, some of the better comedy, certainly. It did. It's it's one of the lighter episodes that I think is handled very well, and yet um, had some distinctly sinister horror moments that really landed well as well. Some real grit, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, it, it's it's new to me. Maybe it will tip down a little bit. Like going back and and re-listening to Fury. Like I didn't love that episode initially, but then like. Two weeks later, I was like, no, that's my favorite episode, yeah. you know, or arc, you know, so we'll see how it plays out, but I, I like this one a lot. Yeah, I think that this is really cool. I like that they're changing up the formula this late mm-hmm. in the game, and yeah. um, it, it really, really sells uh, the way they, they, they tried to also do horror and comedy as opposed to just, like, fight scene. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, they, they could have executed some of that better in terms of, like, the plot construction of the first episode. It's a little bit wiggly, but uh, good villain, good character moments, uh, good theme. Love it. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's going to conclude this arc. Where can people find you, Ben? Uh, they can find me in your dreams. <laughs> uh, where I do my podcast, the Cartoncast, which is available at fancybat.com slash cartoncast, where I talk about old cartoons with my brother. Awesome. And I can be found at my local cat cafe, hoping, <laughs> hoping, hoping, hoping that Batman walks in. You, you got to imagine that he's licking his lips from across the street and he's like, should I? No. No, no, I can't. Don't give in, Bruce. It's just what they want. (laughs) Well, this has been a lot of fun. Um, And I'm I'm glad to have like an episode that makes me feel this much joy. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, could be. Oh, and you're found at the Wax Nostalgic Network. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If you want to. Uh, If if you want. All of our links are in the show notes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not a problem. So for the next arc... Uh, we, we hopefully will have a, another good episode because this is one that I have talked about a few times before. Um, Maid of Honor, Ooh. which is a Wonder Woman heavy episode where she goes clubbing. Very cool. <laughs> You've and been teasing this excited. since maybe episode one. So I, I don't know if it was from episode one, but it has been something that has been very strong in my memory. I don't remember exactly why it was strong in my memory. So <laughs> keep the gloves on for that. But uh, I'm, I'm hoping for the best because... For the most part, Wonder Woman episodes tend to be great. They do. They really do. Uh, this is a judgment-free podcast. We are the Planet Fitness of Podcasts, so I will keep my <laughs> gloves on. All right. Very good. If I hate Wonder Woman disco dancing, it's cool. I can't imagine that ever happening. <laughs> so tune in for that and more of our nonsense in seven days. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. Appropriate outro something. Yeah, yeah.
Thank you for listening to The Watchtower. To find out more about this show or any of our other shows, visit us on the web at www.waxnostalgicnetwork.com.